going to be obedient to the Lord. And uh, let's try to preach what the Lord has laid on my heart. Galatians chapter number four this morning. Galatians chapter number four. Galatians is right after the book of Corinthians. <coughs> and so, Galatians chapter number four. We'll read our passage right here. Verse number four. The Bible says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir to God through Christ. Thank you for standing. Lord, we love you. We ask you, God, to help us this morning. Lord, please, in the name of Jesus, we pray, God, that you would help. Lord, I sure need your help. I can't do it without you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would help. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. It is, of course, the Christmas season. And we probably could all agree that everybody enjoys getting gifts. I mean, I do. Personally, though, it's not all about gifts. It's not all about gifts at all, but I do like to wonder like this. Man, I wonder what's in that gift for me. I like to think in that way, and I like to do that. I like getting gifts, but it's not all about gifts. This world has made it all about gifts, but it's not all about gifts. Nonetheless, we've been given the best gift. When God the Father gave us God the Son, that was the best gift that any man could ever receive. Even Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 tells us that for the wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so it is the gift. 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse 15 says, Thanks be unto God for the unspeakable gift. Unspeakable gift. Now, now I don't know about you, but he says it's unspeakable. He says that means I can't even retain it in my mind. I can't even get it out. It's all, it's that good. It's just unspeakable. It's an unspeakable gift. It's kind of like saying something along this line. I don't believe he died for me. I can't believe that he, he would die for someone like me. It's kind of like saying the same thing. Unspeakable gift. The Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines a gift uh, as a present. Anything given or bestowed, something transferred voluntarily by one to another without compensation. So you can never charge for a gift. Is that right? You can never charge for a gift. A gift is a gift. It's something that's given is what it is. And so Jesus was a gift to you and I is what he was. And this scripture gives us some insight really at the gift being Jesus Christ and what he is to us. And I'm going to preach on this thought. The greatest gift has already been given. Three points. I'm done. Number one, I want you to notice the mission of Christ. The mission of Christ. The Bible says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son of a woman, born of a woman, 
and made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive um, the adoption of sons. And so when he came to this world, these verses tell us that he had a mission, right? He had a mission. He had something to accomplish. And, uh, and so I want you to see the inception of this mission. Uh, the inception, the beginning of this mission. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. His mission was started in heaven and it started, uh, it carried out to, to the earth is what it was. Uh, and so Calvary uh, was a mission that was started in heaven. Uh, contrary to popular belief, Jesus Christ did not have to start his mission when he got to Bethlehem. Uh, he was born there as an infant. Uh, um, but the fact is he has been around for years. Matter of fact, he's been around for eternity. And so, so he has been around. And really, really, it's amazing. Uh, he was in creation, uh, um, but man needed a Savior. Uh, he was in creation. He was in redemption. He was in all those up through there. Uh, it's what he was in. Uh, and really, it's amazing. Man needed a Savior. Uh, and, 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 and he needed God. He needed love. Uh, and, and we needed a perfect lamb. The lambs of the tabernacle would have never done anything. They never did anything to take away sin. The only thing they'd done is covered them up. We needed a Savior. We needed a perfect lamb. And I'm trying to make this very uh, down-to-earth simple because I think we all need to hear this this morning. We needed a perfect lamb. What the Old Testament sacrifices would not do, the perfect lamb of God could do. And he had to do it to appease the almighty wrath of God. That's right. I mean, it's the propitiation for our sins. and That is the wrath of God appeased. It had to be appeased or man could have not got to God. And so there had to be a perfect sacrifice, a perfect lamb. And so when Christ came, uh, the Bible says uh, that when the fullness of time uh, was come, uh, that means the right time was then, and when He came uh, was exactly the right time. Uh, And Jesus came at the exact time that was needed uh, to provide a way to God, uh, and the world was perfectly uh, prepared for the work of God at that time. Uh, um, Prophecy had told us that this was the exact time that Christ was going to come. You say, what do you mean prophecy has told us? Daniel chapter number 9, there is 70 weeks. And by the way, the word week just means seven. It does not mean uh, how you know a week. It doesn't mean that. And so technically it's actually seven times seven, which would be 490 weeks. And so there's 483 weeks. So and in each of those there were in each week in each week described in Daniel's prophecy would be 7 years in total. The last year being the tribulation. And so we have that all come about in this and it is 483 years in and Christ must die. There's only one more realm through. And so we lay it out and that's what it is and we don't have time to get into that. Uh, but however, the timing was exactly right for Him to come. The fullness of time 
What's come the exception of the missions, we see the, in, the intention uh, of his mission. The intention of his mission, the Bible says, uh, to redeem them that were under the law. He came to redeem us, uh, to redeem them which were under the law. Uh, the word uh, redeem in the 1828 dictionary means uh, to purchase back. It means to ransom. Uh, it means to liberate uh, or to rescue one from captivity or from bondage. Uh, and that's what it means. Uh, and the law had man bound. Uh, there was 613 laws uh, that man had to live by. Uh, and man could not live by those laws. Uh, there's only one man that could live by those laws. And in order to appease the wrath of God, one man had to live by those laws. And so Christ came to redeem those which were under the law with Him being under the law. It's crazy to think about, isn't it? How can a man be perfect? He's not just man. He's God. He's all in all. He's everything. He's the rose of Sharon, the altogether lovely, uh, the beautiful things that could come in this world. That's what He is. Uh, and Jesus came to this world uh, with one purpose and with one purpose alone. Uh, he died for the sins of the mankind. Uh, to die for all of the humanity, uh, the ones who had failed from Adam on. Uh, he had to die. Blood had to be shed. Uh, and Jesus came to do that. He said, the Son of Man has come. Um, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save um, that which is lost. And He came to do that. To give a direction back to God and what Adam had broke. And why was He born of a virgin? Why was He born of a man? Why was He born of a woman? Excuse me. Because man carried sin. You say, well, where's that at? Well, Romans chapter 5, I'm glad you asked. The Bible says, for by, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So because one man sinned, all men became sinners. Simple man. It's simple. And Jesus came uh, to take away those sins. Uh, he came to pay for those sins. Uh, and this was a clear uh, statement. It was a clear passion. Uh, it was a clear direction on what He was going to do. Uh, he came to seek and to save uh, you is what He came for. You from Elisha and Malachi, Micaiah, Jason, Joshua. It came to save you. That's what He came to save. Hallelujah. The intention was to save, to redeem them that were under the law. Meaning to buy them back on what Adam had destroyed. He bought them back with His purchase prize. Hallelujah, friend. Then I want you to notice the impact of this mission. He died for you. If you do not know Jesus uh, as your personal Savior this morning, uh, then you uh, might not know this. Uh, um, but His work uh, was a 100% success. Uh, there was nothing uh, that could have been more perfect uh, than what Jesus done on the cross of Calvary. Uh, or what the Old Testament law did uh, was just picture what He was going to do uh, and what He came to do uh, was to seek and to save them which were lost. And when He went to the cross of Calvary for the lost, He paid a price that no man could pay. 
Sin costs something. Sin costs death is what sin cost. And friend, he was able to declare on the cross of Calvary after three years or three hours of being judged by mankind and three hours being judged by God Almighty. He was able to declare on the cross, it is finished. The sin debt was paid for. The slate was completely wiped clean. And thank God, thank God this morning that what He did was finished for you and for me. Thank God, friend. It will save you. It will sustain you. It will seat you in heavenly places. What God did for me, God can do for you. I'm telling you this morning. I got a burden this morning. And I'm telling you this morning. God can save you know who I'm talking to. But God sent this message. And His work, it made a great impact on me. And friend, it did on you too. If you've ever been saved. And it can if you have never been saved. I'm telling you, what Jesus did, uh, that was His mission, was to seek and to save. And according to our passage, it was to redeem them which were under the law that we may receive the adoption of sons. He came to save me. Hallelujah, friend. And we see the mission of Christ. Secondly, we see the ministry of Christ. It was an intimate ministry. Now the Bible says in verse 4, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth this man made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Notice the words in verses 5 through 7. To redeem them that were under the law that we, as Paul writing, might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. See how it just changes? It's all personal. It's all intimate. It's all personal to people, but... His love, His his grace, His death was an intimate one. And friend, He did what He did because He loved me. Because He loved you. And that's why Jesus died. I know that His death on the cross was sufficient to save anybody. But however, friend, I tell you, I'm glad it was sufficient to save me. I'm glad it was sufficient to save you. And it ain't over yet. Jesus has not come from the eastern sky and split it wide open. And people can still be saved. And it's the grace of God that you're able to be saved. It's the grace of God you get to sit under independent Baptist preaching in the King James Bible in your lap this morning. It's the grace of God that you get to do that, friend. And I know that His death was sufficient. But however, His love, His love is amazing. And I believe He did it for me. I believe if it was just for me, He would have still done it. And I'm thankful that He died for me, friend. I am thankful that He did. But He died for you too. He died for you. But God commendeth His love towards us. Means He gives, He demonstrates His love toward us. He demonstrated His love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That implies I'm not a sinner anymore. Amen. 
Now we're in the eyes of God looking. Uh, I mean, God commendeth. Uh, he demonstrated His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, He died for us. He didn't wait for you to get perfect. He didn't wait for you to get your sins out of the way. He didn't wait for you to ask for forgiveness. He didn't wait for you to do that. He died for you while you were lost in your sins, friend. It was intimate and He loves you and He loves me. We love Him because He first loved us. Hallelujah, friend. It was intimate. It was individual. It was individual. Now we understand Jesus died, what, did what no other person could do. Uh, any of the billions of people uh, who have ever lived could have been nailed to a cross. Uh, and not a single one of them could have taken away sins. Not a single one of them could have ever paid for, uh, not even their own sin. Uh, they could have never paid for them. But however, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, uh, He was able to pay for the sin debt of mankind, uh, of the whole world. Uh, why is that? Uh, you pre- preacher, that don't make no sense. Uh, because He was different from any man. He was different from any man that had ever lived before uh, and that has ever lived since. Uh, He was sinless uh, and He was God in the flesh. That's why He could do uh, exactly what He did on the cross. Uh, Friend, that's why He could do it. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 5. The Bible says very clearly, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, uh, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made Himself of no reputation, and took upon Himself the form of a servant, and was made the likeness of men, and been found, and been humble, been found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself, uh, became obedient to death. Even... The death of the cross. Even. What does it mean even? Even the death of the cross. That tells me even. uh, The death of the cross. Meaning uh, that that even that death. uh, Even the death of a thief. uh, The death of a malefactor. The death of all of those people. He did it for me. Uh, That means he covered the death of a thief. Uh, He covered the death and the sins uh, of that thief. And that malefactor. The one that was hanging on his right. He covered... His sins. You know what's amazing though? The one that was hanging on his left, he paid for his too. Amen, friend. He had to accept it. Uh, and he said, uh, oh, why are you talking that way? Uh, knowing that we endure, we indeed justly, uh, we deserve what we've done. Uh, but this man hath done nothing amiss. Uh, friend, he didn't do anything wrong. Uh, but you did. Uh, and I did. Uh, and friend, he died for me as an individual. Hallelujah. Only he could pay for sins. Uh, it was an individual death. Hallelujah. For me, only Christ could pay for my sins. Hallelujah. I'm thanking God for the feeling I feel this morning. Amen. You know what else it was? It was influential. According to verse number 5, the work of Christ accomplished two things, great, great things for you and me. What was to redeem them that was under the law? So it delivered us from the authority in which the law held on us, in which we could not keep in ourselves either. So it delivered us from that law. James chapter 2, verse number 10, the Bible says, But the rich, verse chapter 10, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Romans chapter 6, 
Romans chapter 6 and verse number 14. You listening this morning? Romans chapter 6 and verse number 14. The Bible says, uh, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. He defeated that law, friend. He did not take away it, but he fulfilled the law. Uh, and he came in the man flesh, the, the human, uh, the, the God human, if you will, the God man. Uh, and he delivered us from the bondage and through redemption, bought us back Amen. from the bondage in which sin had on us and the law. Those who were under the law. And then it goes on to tell us uh, we might receive the adoption of son. Now, what does that mean? That it reconciled us. It reconciled us, meaning it it restored a relationship. Put us in the place of a family of God, right? Says what? We might receive the adoption of sons, meaning we weren't sons before. But because of what he did, we can be sons. We can be sons that we might receive the adoption of sons. Receiving, meaning there's reception on our side. Meaning what we have to do is we have to receive what he has done. The Bible says very clearly for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. We have to receive the gift to be called uh, sons. To be called sons. And friend, I tell you, nothing else could do that for me. Nothing else could ever be that for me. But thank God for the gift of his son. Hallelujah. The mission, the ministry. Last time I've done the message of Christ. The message of Christ. The Bible says, because you're sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his, fa- his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And so it tells us there, there's a very important message there about the Heavenly Father. Now, I found that the phrase Abba, Father, could actually mean Daddy, Father. I like that. I don't know about you. I like that. But, but it, it is a phrase that expresses the intimacy that God's children have and can enjoy with their father. This speaks of relationship. It speaks of relationship that allows us to enter the presence of God at any time. Remember what he's talking in Sunday school, priesthood of believer? That we can enter into uh, God, fellowship with Christ, don't matter if it's 2 o'clock in the morning or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We can enter enter into fellowship. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace so we may may obtain mercy. And so that that we may come boldly. The Lord has literally become our Father. I mean, we can be intimate with Him. We can be intimate with Him as as much as we desire to be. Amen. This was a new idea, though. Romans 8 is the one who mentions this first. This was a new idea. Particularly, it was a new idea to the Jewish believers. They had no clue. They didn't know nothing about priesthood of the believers. You understand that? You know what they had? One priest. And that priest took in offerings. Not every man could call upon the Lord. 
And so that priest, it kind of reminds me of what the Catholic Church today. Wicked. I'm telling you this morning that what it is and what we have here is that there's something new. They could call upon God all day long. They would they would just prescribe it and put him into whatever they wanted to do. You know, they'd call him Jehovah Shema. They'd call him Jehovah Rahi. They'd call him Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah um, Jehovah Shema. Jehovah Anisi. Jehovah Rapha. Uh, there's all of those things that they would call him whatever fit in the area that they were in. Uh, but friend, when they prayed to God, they used whatever was appropriate in that time. Uh, but when the disciples came to Jesus uh, and they come up to Jesus and Jesus taught them the model prayer, uh, and this is how he told them to start it. Uh, he said, call our Father which art in heaven uh, that means there's a different relationship now uh, there's not just the Jehovah God uh, the pre-existing God uh, but there's the Father uh, there's the one and I'm His Son hallelujah and we don't have to memorize a lot of names uh, of God we just need to remember uh, and that regardless of what we face in life He's our Father He's our Father. And as our Father, He longs to bless His children. God longs to. And we're no longer servants to sin. We're no longer servants to the law or to death. But by grace and through the blood of Jesus Christ, we are the sons of God. Hallelujah. Amen, Amen, friend. Hallelujah. It was a message about the Heavenly Father. It was a message about the Heavenly Family. It goes through and He tells us. Notice verse 6 says, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son. So it tells us that we are in this this thing together. And it says, and into your hearts crying, your hearts crying, Abba Father. The idea here is this, God has done a work of grace in us that has made us a family in Him. We're in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. We're we're people. We're people saved by the good grace of God. And He's made us family in Him. (laughs) Headed to the same heaven He went to. And dwelt with the same spirit that he was indwelt with. Uh, friend, those who are saved ought to be serving together and loving one another as we head toward glory. We're only going to spend forever together. Right? The family of God is bound by one thread. And it is the thread of the blood of Jesus Christ. That scarlet thread, friend. We ought to love him and love each other. Amen. It says something about the family. Last time I've done a message, just a message about the highly future. Well, the Bible says, Wherefore thou art no more a servant but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Amen. Reminded that we are his heirs. What belongs to him belongs to us. I don't deserve that for him. This is what Paul teaches in Romans chapter 8 and verse 17 when he directs it the first time. He practically is quoting these verses again. And we're heirs of the greatest realm. You understand that? 
the greatest thing that has ever existed. Many, most, most, of, most of us probably think of, when we think of air, we think of money. Think of that sort of stuff. Most people would think of that. But think about it. We serve a God this morning who is eternal. Who is immortal means he can't die. Well, if that's what he is, that means I get it too if I'm an heir, right? Right. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, the Bible tells us just of that. The Bible says very, very clearly that those, verse number 49, the Bible says, uh, And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit in incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Tells us, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immorality. That tells me because he's not dying, I'm not dying either. Amen? Amen. That's what that tells me very clearly, friend. We serve a God who is indefinitely holy. Don't you believe we'll inherit that too? Well, this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immorality. Very clear, y'all. It's very clear. We shall be changed. We'll be like Him. We'll be like Him. I mean, what God has done for us uh, be, is beyond our mind, y'all. Because everything He's got, we got. And whatever He is, guess what? That's what we'll be too. First John chapter number 3 and verse number 1, verse number 3. Bible says, verse number 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That tells me I'll be just like him. Moses couldn't see him, so he had him in the cleft of the rock. You know why? He wasn't holy as he should have been. Excuse me. He wasn't holy as he could have been. He couldn't have been holy enough to look upon the God of heaven. That's why I'm trying to say. That was the Father, by the way. He couldn't have been that holy. But just think about all he's done for us. It's Christmas this year. It's the 18th of December. We're seven days out from being Christmas Day. You might wake up and think about presents. You might wake up and think about it. But think about the gift. Think about the gift. The greatest gift that has already been given. We can think of the great gifts, the the immortal gifts that we get. They're great. Wonderful. But think about what he's given. He'd give you his very life. He'd give you his very seat. He'd give you his crowns. Right? There's many. He wore your crown. He wore the crown of thorns. So we could wear the crown of glory. 
I know we're going to place them at his feet. I understand that. But, and, I, and I want to, yeah. But I'm telling you the truth this morning. Is there's no greater gift than accepting the gift that Jesus has Amen. given. That God has given us, which is his very son. Accepting him as our personal savior because he's an intimate savior. He's a personal one. And if you haven't accepted this gift, man, it'd be a good time today. It'd be a good time today. The Bible says, as it is written, there's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know what the glory of God is? It's Jesus. Off sin to come short of the glory of God. The Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says, now there's no more condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the Spirit, but after the flesh. Romans 8, 1. The Bible says in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse number 9, the Bible says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth, believe in the heart, that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. The Bible says, If any man, uh, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Don't grow unthankful if you've received the gift. Because this gift is one man. It's the greatest gift that. It's already been given. Don't get caught up in the gifts your parents get you, gifts your family get you. Always remember there's a gift that's unending and it's in Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus Christ. Can we stand to our feet this morning? That gift is in Jesus Christ. He is the only way to heaven. The Bible says very clearly, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's the only one. He's the only one. He's the only way to heaven. You can never get on your works. You can never get on your righteousness. You can never get on your manageable needs that you want, your wants, your nothing. You'll never get there that way. The only way to get there is through the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ alone, His blood, His resurrection, His death. That's how you get to heaven, friend. It's accepting the gift that He has already given us. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus this morning that you would help us, God, to worship you in spirit and in truth, Lord. God, if there be any saved, lost in here this morning, God, we ask you to... uh, Lord, please save their soul. Lord, convict their heart. Show them their place of salvation that they need to be, Lord. Um, Lord, we do believe that whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We believe that. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would save this sinner, Lord, that may be here this morning. We pray, God, that in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you would uh, encourage the saints that are here this morning. Help us to be thankful, Lord, that we are heirs of the kingdom of God, heirs of Jesus Christ, Lord. Uh, Not a better way, not a better thing, Lord, uh, that we could uh, get hold of, Lord. Not a better gift that we could accept, Lord, uh, besides this one. Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for my sins. And I'm thankful for that. So thankful. I thank you this morning. Lord, don't ever let me get 
Lord, don't ever let me get um, complacent with that. Lord, um, just, Lord, I thank you this morning for doing what you have. I thank you, Lord, for doing what you have in grace. Lord, I thank you for doing what you, not doing what you could have, Lord, in mercy. Lord, I, what I deserved, Lord, in mercy. I thank you for that. Keep us safe in Jesus' name.